What would the correct ignition timing be on a 1955 Bel Air Chevrolet with a 327 cubic inch engine and a full barrel carburetor? It is a trick question. Watch this. Because Chevy didn't make a 327 in 55. The 327 didn't come out till 62. And it wasn't offered in the Bel Air with a four barrel carb till 64. However, in 1964, the correct ignition timing will be four degrees before top dead center. Get ready for another hour of Drive Radio, brought to you by Colorado Select Auto Care Centers. Got a question for the experts? Then give them a call, 303-477-5600. Now it's time to pop the hood and get our hands dirty. Drive Radio on KLZ 560 The Source. All right, there we go. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. We had uh, a switch to flip or something. I don't know. We're here. 303-477-5600. Take advantage of Geno's Auto Service specials this month. Yes, that is our fine friends at Geno's Auto Service as well, which is over in Littleton. So if you need them, uh, be sure to uh, go check them out as well. Like I said, a couple lines open, 303-477-5600. Give us a call. We've also got the text line open. You can text us a question as well, 307 282-22. Tim and Broomfield, you're next. Hello, Tim. Oh, Tim, are you there? I'm going to put Tim on hold and see if Larry can get him back up. He may have just slipped away for a moment. So question of the day is, of course, what is the worst car buying advice you've ever been given. I've got a few tips that we'll go through as well, and I think Tim is back. But I'll go through those here as we go through these next two hours as well. Tim, are you there? I am. There we go. Sorry, I accidentally muted myself. Oh, you're fine. No worries, Tim. I've got a collision uh, insurance situation that I think is somewhat, uh, it's pleasing and humorous at the same time. Let's hear and it. Kind of the kind of the opposite of what a lot of people experience. I was rear-ended at a stoplight uh, several weeks ago, and it was clearly the other driver's fault. I contacted her insurance and gave my story, and they confirmed that it was their insurance fault. Okay. And they said, well, take it to a collision place and get an estimate. So I went to a collision place on their certified list, and they said it'll be five weeks before we can even do an estimate. So I informed the and. By the way, we, we see your car out in the parking lot there. You should just tell the insurance company that that's probably not repairable. Have them send somebody out, and they'll probably total it. Okay. So I called the insurance company, told them that. They said, no, we want to go the repair route. Uh, so, so we have this other way you can do it. We have an app. You can send us some pictures through the app, and we'll do a, quote, preliminary estimate. So they did that, and they came up with $4,600. And about a week later, I got a check in the mail from them for $4,600. I should have started off with, this is a 2000, excuse me, 2003 Honda Accord with 240,000 miles on it. Okay. Uh, and then uh, I proceeded to go back to the collision place, got their estimate, $9,600. I don't expect to get that. 
but I've already collected the 4600 They did not total the car. And then uh, weeks after the fact, they call and say, well, there's been an error here. That car should have been totaled. Well, sorry, but that ship has sailed. So I, I sold the car to one of these car buyers on the Internet and collected another 480 So that basically paid for my replacement vehicle. Nice. So now I'm assuming the insurance company didn't give you any more money, though the 4600 is all you ended up with. Well, we haven't had that final conversation yet. I'm, I, my guess is they will not give me a nickel. In the, Probably not. Even, on one of the phone messages, they vaguely threatened that they were going to do something with the title through the state of Colorado, but it's too late for that. The yeah, car is sold. that ship sailed. Yep, that's a done deal at this point. <laughs> Sorry. So, Can't do anything now. The only negative is I've got a little thing going on in my shoulder that I've been doing, doing physical therapy yeah. for. But yeah, be, you know, be, you know, be watching for that. as you, and you know that end of things, Tim, and you know how to handle that if need be. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, John. No, Appreciate good story. Appreciate that. No, and for, again, folks, for all of you listening, Larry and I were talking during the break on, you know, what do you do if you're in a parking lot situation, much like Patty, and you get backed into, or maybe you are backing out at the same time, then all of a sudden somebody else backs up that's not watching, they run into you. I don't know that police will always come to a private parking lot. Sometimes they will. In a lot of cases, they will not. This is where it's imperative, imperative that you take as many pictures as you possibly can to show where are you, where are you positioned, where is the other car, where is the damage. You want to try to document as much of that as you possibly can to make sure that you know you can prove what, what's going on on your end versus the other party involved. And, and as far as the other party involved goes, it, it, don't just get a copy of the insurance you know, proof of insurance card that they have. Take a picture of the license plate. Take a picture of the VIN number through the glass, if you can, or inside of the door, the door jam itself. It's listed there also. Uh, Again, you want to get as much documentation as you can. Get a registration. Copy of the registration, if you possibly can. All of that will help you with your claim against the other company. And don't forget, you can always call your own company up and have them work on the segregation part of it. As well, I mean, yes, it's always best if you can work through the other company, you know, the, the the other person that's insured. If they're the one that's in fault, it's always best to work through them first. But you can always go through your own insurance company as well if need be. So just a few pieces of advice. We all carry these handy little uh, phones that have cameras in them now. Utilize that. Don't don't be intimidated and don't let somebody drive off. You know, if you get you know, I don't care if you just throw it into park and get out of the car where no one can even move. I don't care if everybody else has to drive around you. You get out, take as many pictures as possible, get as much information from everybody as you can. If there's any witnesses around, you've got a recording device on your phone. You know, you can video that person giving a personal testimony even. There's all sorts of things that you can do without the cops ever showing up to, uh, again, make sure that you're made whole in a situation like that and, uh, and again, not, not be taken advantage of in this case. And I will also tell you, I think the stats still are. I haven't looked this up for a while. The majority, I mean the majority of accidents, like we're talking about, happen in parking lots. Majority of fender benders, not large, you know, rear-ended accidents, things like that, like we just heard of from Tim, but most fender benders occur in parking lots. And the reason for that is people just don't look. They're not paying attention. 
I've always said that when people pull into a shopping mall, especially parking lot, it's like when they pull onto Pena Boulevard to go to the airport. It's a whole new zone they just entered into, and they're now in the twilight zone, and they don't pay a lick of attention to what's going on around them. They're in la-la land. I mean that sincerely, folks. The majority of people that pull into those parking lots are in la-la land. And you have got to be at a heightened awareness pulling into those places. Otherwise, your chances of getting hit are high. I'm one of those that I will typically park as far away from everyone else as I can. And yes, I can almost bet that when I come out, someone will be parked next to me because people are sheep. And even if there's a car, a lone car parked all out by itself, Larry's nodding his head. You could be all the way out in the middle of nowhere. You'll come out. Somebody will be next to you because people are sheep. They're going to park wherever you are as well. Although, that's still a safer bet than being parked up, you know, close to where everybody else is at. Now, I also know there's times where you're in a big hurry. You're trying to get as close as you can to to the door and so on. You're going to go in and out. I would just recommend that if you can avoid that, At all costs, do so. Walking an extra 30, 40 feet, even time-wise, versus having someone with, you know, door dinging you or backing into you or whatever the case may be, far outweighs a little bit of savings you may have time-wise. Yeah, Charlie also said, being in a big hurry causes accidents. Yes, it does. And a lot of folks that are in those areas are in a hurry, and that's where those accidents come from so and folks it could be everything from the mall to home depot's parking lot i don't care where it is just really pay attention to what you're doing where you're at i am one where in in home depots especially i try to park away from everybody there just because people coming out have all sorts of things that they've got on the cart and they're trying to load it into their car and they're not paying attention and doors are flying and boards are flying and i watched some folks my wife and i last weekend watched some folks try to with employees from home depot load a full-bore barbecue grill into the back of a Tesla, and I had no idea how they were going to cram that barbecue grill into the back of a Tesla. But some way they got it apart, and the Tesla wasn't there when we came back, so either they went and got a different vehicle or something, but I don't think that the grill made it into the Tesla. Steve in the Springs, go ahead. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good, Steve. Tell you what. I think you and I and a lot of your listeners are part of the dying Jurassic dino breed because I do the same thing. Park way the heck away. Yep. And you're right. People are just in an absolute weird zone. And these parking lots that have angled uh, parking spots with arrows, big white arrows. I know. The number of people that drive the opposite way on arrows, <laughs> it drives me nuts. I we know. We've got a huge number of what I call Briargate Barbies. And they could not figure out an arrow to save their lives. Nope. Anyway, uh, other uh, other subject. Have you noticed, and I don't know why, but in the last maybe 10, 15 years, we got this huge number of people using the 18 to 30 demographic that accelerate to a red light with traffic stops. I, I don't get that one either, Steve. It's like, okay, wait a minute, time out. You're, you're going to stop right there anyways. Why? Exactly. And so... They go like hell. they got to slow down for the impact of beer or somebody else. That I know. one just makes no sense. I don't get it. I, I, you, I, I, that one I do know. not understand. And then the opposite is true. You're ready to get going, and it's like, okay, people, the light's green now. You know, it's not going to get any greener. I can water it. It's still not getting greener. Let's go. Yeah, we got idiots texting on their phone. 
not paying attention. And by the way, we just had a real bad one here Wednesday in the fact that one of the high schools, this gal was doing everything right. She was an exchange student from Italy. She's walking across the crosswalk. And this guy blows a stop sign and kills her. Oh, man. And, I mean, that's just Oh, nuts. that's awful, Steve. And think, think of her family in Italy. Oh, that's awful. She was really, yeah, she was really well-liked. Oh, that's terrible, Steve. I, I didn't hear that one in the news. That That's awful. Yeah, the, the other reason I called was, um, you know, battery subject. These uh, kind of thinking batteries for the BMWs, the ones that are like twice the size of a normal battery. Right. You got you got selection of uh, lead acid and gel, but the way these things chew up batteries because of the 750 milliamp draw, and I kind of screwed up. I don't usually drive the 740 in the wintertime because of the horsepower and torque and snow. It just doesn't make sense when I get an SUV for it. But I don't see there's a tremendous advantage in going with a high-priced three four hundred dollar battery versus a two two hundred fifty dollar. There's not. Battery. There isn't, Steve. In okay. fact, I think some of those car makers do some of those battery configurations just to force you to come back to them to buy a new one. Uh, there's no rhyme or reason for it at all. Uh, again, at the end of the day, they're all doing basically the exact same thing. They can they can tell you all these different stories about how, well, you know, this battery does this and that, and we had to do this and we had to do that. At the end of the day, Steve, they're all doing the same thing. I agree. There's only so much a lead-acid yeah. battery can do. As you know, yeah, you're not too uh, fond of the gel cells here. I, you know what? There's they're, they're in a lot of the newer vehicles now. The AGM batteries, you know, even the glass mat batteries as well. Um, right. I don't know that they're any better. At the end of the day, the only thing that they do better is they don't gas, they don't corrode, and you can mount them pretty much anywhere. That's the plus side they have. Yeah, on the alternator side of that, this is the only car I've had in my lifetime. It has a hundred and fifty amp. Liquid cool alternator. Yeah. Which doesn't add up to me very well. You got coolant. Go to the alternator. Yep. Yep. Cranking out a whole bunch of Yeah, they can create a lot of heat, and that's why. Well, it is what it is. But a lot of people don't know that uh, anything after, I think, 2006, at least on Beamers, you have to actually register the battery. Yes. That's correct. A lot, lot of vehicle, a lot of European vehicles, especially, are that way, Steve. Yes, definitely. To me, it's just kind of nuts. In other words, what Steve's saying, you got to have a right scan tool and so on, and register the battery back into the vehicle so it charges right and so on. Otherwise, it won't. It'll turn lights on as well. It basically programs the battery charge model. That's right. Right. You're correct. Yep. That's what I thought. You're correct. People don't know that. Anyway, sure, enjoy your show. Good one, Steve. No, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Mike, hang tight. We'll come right back. Lines open, 303-477-5600. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Take advantage of Geno's Auto Service specials this month. Get all four of your tires rotated, and we'll do a complete brake inspection for only $29.99. Tires are expensive, and by rotating your tires every 5,000 miles, you will get longer life and even wear. You can also take advantage of Geno's $79.99 four-wheel alignment special. Potholes seek out your tires just about wherever you drive. Coming out of the winter months, your tires and suspension can have damage from icy roads and potholes. With a four-wheel alignment, you'll get better handling and longer tire life as well. We back up all our work with the Napa Nationwide Peace of Mind Warranty. To make your life simpler, Geno's offers loaner vehicles so you can drop your car off and pick up when ready. Give us a call or go online to schedule an appointment. 
We're AAA approved and located at Bowles and Platte Canyon in Littleton. We invite you to check out all our Google reviews. Stop in or visit us online at genosautoservice.com. That's Genos with a J. Your next oil change could change the life of your vehicle forever. If you think that's a tall order, maybe you've been getting the wrong oil change. A BG Performance Oil Change BG. comes with a lifetime of engine and fuel system coverage and something else, peace of mind. Where do you find it? Find a shop in your neighborhood at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. Because an oil change that offers a lifetime of peace of mind is a change worth making. BG. Do you know what to do in a traffic stop? Kevin Flesh would like to give you a few tips to help keep you and your passengers safe. If you are being pulled over for a traffic violation, slow down and put on your hazards, find a well-lit location that is out of the lane of traffic, keep your hands on the wheel where the officer can see them, and be polite. If you feel it's necessary, record the traffic stop, and then if you need any legal help, call Kevin Flesh at Flesh Law Firm. Kevin is our legal eagle and is an expert in traffic altercations and accidents, so put this number into your phone. 303-806-8886. You can also find Kevin online at fleshlawfirm.com. Kevin Flesh, Flesh Law Firm, and proud sponsor of Drive Radio. Napa know-how. A Napa guy knows that by the foot, there's no better ride than an old station wagon. Room for six people facing forward, two people facing backward, and a whole lot of luggage, lumber, and bicycles haphazardly strapped to the roof. If you can parallel park that beast, you can park anything. And with some quality parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep your land ship running longer, stronger. It's not obsolete. It's a rare treasure. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Have you been thinking about a new pair of glasses? Maybe some prescription sunglasses? Well, look no further than Stack Optical. Since 1968, yes, you heard me right. Since 1968, Stack Optical has been providing the most comprehensive quality ocular care for their patients. This family-owned business is proud to be one of the few optical offices that has their own on-site eyeglass production and eyeglass repair studio. Stack Optical, located at 2233 South Monaco Parkway, features the most extensive lines of eyeglass frames, sunglasses, and contact lenses to ensure that you love your appearance and experience superior comfort. Our comprehensive eye exams proactively diagnose eye conditions and diseases while providing the most accurate vision care. We welcome you to experience a lifetime of superior ocular care from doctors that are devoted to your eye health. Call now for your $69 eye exam, 303-321-1578. At Stack Optical, you'll see the difference. All right, we are back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Mike in Westminster, you're next. Go ahead, Mike. Hey, John. <laughs> you fired my rockets, uh, you and the last caller. <laughs> I, 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 I couldn't agree 2,000% more uh, with parking lots. I, I, I always, and I've, I've heard this with uh, driving classes, accident prevention, forward park, point out. It's a lot easier to scan and to be aware of oncoming guys if you're not backing and you're trying to, you know, monitor 20 different angles. Right. So I always, I always try to do that. I, I rarely have to rearward uh, pull out. And, and secondly, I totally agree with you on the lot, lot edge if I can. I don't always do it on the very super perimeter. 
but I at least get at the very uh, edge of the predominant parking. Yeah, always for yep. So therefore, you know, you're there's less confusion. There's less block vision. You can see somebody's flooring it coming down a five mile an hour aisle. You can see the knucklehead and do avoidance. You know, let the knucklehead get by. And then uh, uh, with uh, yeah, with when you're up uh, in in those. Sometimes I will get close enough that I'm a little crowded around, but I really don't because I think people just have poor focus when they will. They're in a hurry to begin with when they get up super close to a whatever their uh, shopping point is or business point. So therefore, they're less they're less uh, focused. They're pretty much on autopilot. You got bad vision from them and yep. them for you. Yep. And so I, I try to keep that in mind, and that's that's a big reason I don't get up. And then uh, my another giant pet peeve is uh, acceleration out of a green light. I, I, I not to stereotype, but I think millennials have been so indoctrinated and so infused with the idea of that they're killing the planet that they can't properly accelerate uh, you up to the speed limit, and therefore it. You know, a lot of people. It, if you're really hurried, uh, yeah, I can see how it promotes a certain amount of road rage. Or just you know, come on. If if you're looking for uh, myself, if I'm not sure of some place and I'm lost or I'm trying to get my bearings, I get in the slow lane. And in a slow I lane, or even it. pull over. I mean, I'm like you, Mike. You slow lane or pull over in a parking lot for a minute and try to get your bearings and figure out where you're at or get your GPS up and running or whatever the case may be. I, you know what? You said something a moment ago that I honestly, with all of what I do, even on a daily basis, I've never really thought through and i think you're 100 percent correct and i can even see it in some of the drivers that you're describing i think a lot of people have been so you know a lot of younger generation have been so ingrained that you know if they stomp on that pedal they're somehow or another polluting you know god's green earth by doing so so we're not going to pull away from the the stoplight in a correct manner and and again i'm not saying you gotta you know race around and all of that but mike i also know that we live in a world now where it's gotten more hastily and everybody's, you know, in a lack of time. And I get that. And I'm not saying right, wrong or otherwise. It's just the world we live in. And part of courtesy, frankly, Mike, is also being aware of those folks that are behind you. And if you're blocking traffic because you're worried about polluting the earth, you're part of the problem in all of what we're talking about. Precisely, because, you know, damn well, John, with the super uh, computer uh, efficiency that a car, they're set up. That, that's that right. Is set up for you to timely, efficiently. That's reach they're clean. Operating speed. They're clean, Mike. And you're hundred percent correct. Yep. Yeah, if you're granted gearing it and you're dragging along, you're taking that car's built-in efficiency and lowering it. Therefore, at least a, a modicum of more re- emissions are released because you're not you're not using that vehicle properly. I just you know, you know, people have been so dumbed down. I, you know, just and like I said, I don't try to stereotype, but I swear, a lot of times when I'm second, third alight, and I'll have some person in front of me, I can't see who they are necessarily from behind. As somebody that's going for a couple blocks at thirty miles an hour, say when they can get up to forty, I'll assume, and I'm I'm sixty seven, so I'm not I'm not doing the ageism. But I'll assume that that's probably somebody more my age group that's got poor eyesight, you know, not their, could their be. motor skill. Yeah, could be. And nine out of ten times, this is a 20-something kid that's been 
been brainwashed. You're right. No, Mike, you're, like I, I see the same thing, and it's just like, uh, okay, that's not what I expected to see because I'm more, again, I'm not a young man. I mean, I, I, you know, I look around, it's like, okay, is this a person that has gotten a little bit of age and they're struggling a little bit and so on? And, and, and I'm, I'm very forgiving of those things if that's the case. But oh, if sure. you're a 30 something and you can't get with traffic, then stay home. Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, in comparing generations, I, I, I took a long time for my generation to finally get a car. I think it was, God, I was like 19 or something like that, but I didn't have a job at that point, you know, and, and, and when I got, when I got it, my dad, you, you're paying for everything. You're going to break your own car. You're going to learn a, you're going to live a, learn to stick on your vehicle and be responsible and learn the rules of the road. And then these kids now, I, I, you know, it's, I see how many times another one of my, and I'll, I'll let you go, but it, it, I, another pet peeve is you have double yellow lines and somebody's trying to hang a left or a, or a, yeah, a left off of a double yellow, and they have no concept. That's not allowed. You're not supposed to. And no, it, that's they go right, ahead Mike. And do it continuously, right. you know? Yeah. No, you're, yeah, uh, that double yellow is you don't cross it, period. Bingo, bingo. There's a reason for that because right. probably the engineers saw it would be a super busy yep. thoroughfare. And therefore, typically not even for the, not even for you, you know, typically it's a left-hand turn, of course, on a double yellow like that. And it's typically not because of the cars coming the other way. It's because they know if you stop traffic, you're going to get run into or the person behind you will. Precisely, precisely. There's a method to the madness when it's on these roads. That's right. And people have no, I mean, mean, so many kids because they don't uh, really give them a a thorough, uh, no, yeah, they don't. No, you, and they, sure they may don't teach really them the, the, the law road. of the, the road itself, Mike, but they're not going through the the correct driving. How do we want to say this? You know, we have eating, you know, uh, you know, eating the proper way, manners, things like that. I don't think, Mike, a lot of folks teach driving manners. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, for example, yeah, really quick, for example, I'm not telling anybody to speed, but if you're in a 30 mile an hour zone, but everybody else is driving 40, you better drive 40 or you're the guy that's going to get yelled at when everybody else drives by. Exactly. Exactly. That's just you courtesy. Know, anyways, I guess what I'm talking about is driving courtesy, that, Mike. Nobody teaches that anymore. Bingo, bingo. You know, and it's just, and I swear, you, you, you know, if there was just even a little tiny touch of that awareness, There'd be a lot less road rage. There would there be really would. no Mike. Spot on. I, 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 in fact, maybe that'll be a question of the day here in the in the future. Is what are some of the common driving courtesies we've all forgotten? I, I couldn't agree. With I'll that. do that. I'll add that to our question of the that. day. I'll do that. Mike, thanks, man. Got to run to break. Me. Appreciate you very much, Mike and Aurora and Randy in Denver. Hang tight. I'll get right to you guys when I come back. Three zero three four seven seven five six zero zero is our number. Hello, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with Ken's and Leslie distributing your local BG Products distributor. Back again this week with your BG Tech Tip. This week, we're going to take a look at brake fluid. Understanding when to change a brake fluid can be very confusing. Some manufacturers included in the recommended maintenance schedule as early as 20,000 miles, and other manufacturers completely leave it off the maintenance schedule altogether. So, Why would you need to change a brake fluid at all, and how are you supposed to know when to do it? Brake fluid is hygroscopic, which means it attracts and entrains water. As your brake fluid attracts water, it can become corrosive, causing wear on brake system components. Additionally, the entrained moisture will cause a reduction in the boiling point of the brake fluid and thus decrease the effectiveness in hard stops. 
To know when to exchange your fluid, your technician can perform a simple test to identify the amount of copper content in the brake fluid. Many of the lines and components in the brake system contain copper, so the presence of copper in the fluid is a relative indicator of the corrosiveness of the fluid. As with any fluid in your car, the best time to change the fluid is before it fails. At BG, we recommend exchanging the brake fluid in your car at least every 30,000 miles or whenever the copper content indicates a severely corrosive nature of the fluid. Thanks again, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with BG. We'll talk to you again next week. Do you know that your windshield is getting more expensive to replace? Most vehicles have options that help keep the vehicles from avoiding accidents or even keep it in the traffic lane. These windshields require more than just a replacement of the glass. They also require a calibration of the computer system to make sure everything is operational to the specifications the manufacturer set when the vehicle was built. You can't trust the traveling glass replacement shop to do these necessary calibrations as they require special equipment and in most cases an indoor shop to perform the calibration. We have two Novus locations that can replace your windshield and also do these calibrations. Novus Fort Collins and Novus Sterling. Both are fully equipped with the latest technology to service your vehicle properly. Find either location by going to any of our websites, ready-radio.com, drive-radio.com, or fixitradio.com. Just click on the Novus link. That's Novus Autoglass. You are responsible for making sure that you are properly insured. But you're not alone. While Paul Lewinberger believes in personal accountability, he wants to make sure he's setting you up for success as your home and auto insurance agent. Paul will teach you about how you can save money on your premium while being fully covered in case of a loss. Your insurance should be for emergencies, not petty cosmetic issues. Insurance is not a coupon, your bank account, or for maintenance. Paul Lewinberger will tell you that your insurance is for emergencies. And when you work with Paul, You'll be rewarded for your diligence. Ask him about their incentivizing rebate program. Take a higher deductible and take responsibility. It's just one of the ways they can afford to keep their rates low. Take control of your life. Take responsibility for your insurance coverage. Call Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance now at 303-662-0789. That's 303-662-0789. All right, we are back, and I believe, Mike, you were, even though you just called back in, you were holding the longest. I'll take you first. Go ahead, Mike. And Aurora, yeah, Mike. Great, yeah, great comment. Um, uh, first, uh, yeah, traffic engineers are the stupidest bunch out there. <laughs> so, I don't get their madness sometimes, Mike. Yeah, you can you can see how they create their own problems, and then their solutions are less than yes, ideal. Yes, agree. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, topic of the day, uh, I don't know, maybe I'm imagining it, but I could swear that I've heard both. Um, do not buy a car on a, towards the end of the month or any rainy day uh, because you won't see the imperfections, but if you pre-shop the car, that kind of negates that. Yes. And I've also heard... And, and, really heard, qu- and by yeah. the way, really quick, too, uh, uh, on new cars especially, Mike, the imperfection thing just isn't what it used to be anyway, so that's not as big of a deal. Used cars, yes, I would agree with. One quick thing, though, I want to add. Actually, and this is, this is opposite of what a lot of folks would say. Again, 
the question of the day is what's the bad advice you've gotten when it comes to buying cars? Actually, the very last, you know, one or two days to the end of the month are the best days to shop and buy a car, either new or used, because most dealers are trying to get their numbers up and make the month look good. And in some cases, if it's the end of a quarter for a, for a new car dealer especially, a lot of their discounts that can flow through the rest of the units they've already sold in that quarter or that month, they can actually make all of their other numbers look better by having just that one more car sale. And if you're the lucky winner of that, you may actually get a really nice discount on that car. Now, that's back when, Mike, we had lots of inventory and there were lots of things going on on the lot. That doesn't apply so much today because there's no inventory. Okay, yeah, that was the next point I was going to bring up. So that is true of uh, new, but um, anything uh, in regards to that with used cars? Same thing. I mean, every every used car lot. I mean, they're, they've got they've got you know uh, loans to pay. Most uh, in, you know most uh, used car lots are either funding all of that inventory themselves and or they have floor plan that inventory. So if they can move a unit out and either put cash in their bank to go buy another one with and help out their numbers for that month and or get that off of their books so they're not paying interest on it, yeah, same applies to used car dealers. Okay, let's combine the two then. Let's say you pre-shop the car, new or used, and it is towards the end of the month. Uh, Mike, uh, and it's rainy and dark uh, the last one or two days of the month, uh, so you might be able to actually yes. uh, get an edge. Yes. Yeah, yeah no, especially a rainy day. Here in Colorado, two things that slow down the, the, the car sale end of things. Two things. Wind, believe it or not, a really windy day. People will not be out shopping. And, of course, a bad day, snow, rain, whatever, Mike, is another day they won't be out. So believe it or not, even a nice sunny day, but if it's super windy, their traffic will be down on that lot. I, I've been there. I can understand it. It's no fun standing nope. around. And, they, uh, and people just will not come out and shop. A day like today, for example, where the wind's blowing is 31 degrees, and uh, we're not at the end of the month, but we're getting pretty darn close to it. Is today a good day to shop? For sure it is. This is great. This is great. I, lo- I love these uh, shopping tips. Yep. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. That's all Mike, I have. No, I appreciate Thanks. it, Mike. By the way, great comments and great questions, and uh, I appreciate that very much. Randy in Denver, you're next. Go ahead, Randy. And my question is, I, I'm looking to buy a uh, mid-level luxury four-door sedan. So I'm, I'm looking at Lexus, uh, Acura, BMW, Audi. Mm-hmm. And my question is, why do the German vehicles seem to depreciate much more quickly? Because they are um, because they have a lot more markup in them initially, and everybody that knows that's going to buy one that the cost of ownership in general is just higher. In other words, maintenance and so on is going to be much higher on that car, and their markup is heavier than it is on some of the others. And in turn, you're you're paying a higher price initially, and they depreciate faster because of that. Well, I'm actually looking to buy from private parties, okay. not not from a dealership. Okay. And um, you say that uh, the cost of ownership is greater, and, and in what respects do you mean? I mean, are there some major uh, maintenance points that I have to look for in a German car that I wouldn't have to look for in a Japanese car? Not necessarily more maintenance points. The cost of doing those maintenance points on a European car are always more money than it would be on an American or a Japanese car. So everything even as simple, Randy, as an oil change will be more money on a European car than it will be on the Japanese slash American counterparts. 
Okay, well, so if you were going to buy a vehicle such as this, what 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 would you recommend? How how expensive are we looking? Um, you know, what's your budget? Actually, I'm only looking to spend about twenty k. So it's going to be you know four or five year old vehicle, uh, not with you know. I, I would buy an older. I would buy an older Lexus ES. Okay, and and you would take that over an Acura. Yes. All day long. Why is that? Because it's Toyota and it'll run. I mean, I mean, the Acura is a Honda, but your ability to handle and get that that ES fixed, there's just way more service providers and folks that understand that car better than they do the Acura. And it's nothing against Acura, Randy. I just feel like your value is better in that older ES than it is, uh, you know, one of the Acuras. Okay, and and last question: Would you recommend just for performance? Uh, Going with all-wheel drive or just stay, stick with front-wheel or rear-wheel drive? On a car that old, that's going to come down to what you find, how well it's been maintained and cared for. If you can get an all-wheel drive for our climate here, I would highly recommend that just because it's a car you could literally drive almost every day of the year with maybe the exception of one of our really large, you know, one-foot, two-foot snowstorms, which you need a full-bore SUV to roll around in. But other than that, you can drive that car, you know, 360 three days a year here in Colorado if it's all-wheel drive. The front-wheel drive will limit you a little more. Still can drive that car the majority of the time in Colorado. The advantage the all-wheel drive gives you, Randy, is let's just say, for example, all of a sudden you need to run up over the pass and you know run someplace that you really weren't planning on. It is the middle of winter. The all-wheel drive will be much better in that case than a front-wheel drive would be. Okay, and then are there any American vehicles you would consider in that price point? Sedan, all-wheel drive, none that I can think of, no. It doesn't have to be all-wheel drive, but, I mean, you know, I mean, Cadillac, Lincoln. Um, yeah, that, uh, yeah, and kind of either one are... of those, I mean, either one of those on the sedan side, and, uh, again, not knocking the American side, but if I had a choice between a full-bore luxury older Cadillac or an ES, uh, I'd be buying the ES. Okay. All right, well, thank you for your uh information. You're very welcome, Randy. And it's not because I'm partial to the ES. I mean, I kind of am just because it's one of my favorite sedans. I'm actually driving an LS as we speak that I'll review uh, next week, by the way. And, and the LS is, of course, their full-bore high-end luxury sedan, which is a beautiful car. And compare it to, uh, you know, a BMW you know, or a Mercedes, I, I will take the I'll take the LS all day long over those just because the price point is better and everything we just talked to with Randy is exactly the same. Mike, you're next. Go ahead. Hey, John. Thank you very much. You're welcome. A couple of comments. What an intriguing show today. Thanks. Absolutely wonderful topics. Um, the, the first one was uh, the, my comment is is accelerating from a green light, etc. cetera. Um, even, I mean, if you dig down deeper, the, the insurance companies will be happy to put a plug in to measure your acceleration. I mean, you, you know, they have yeah. that thing that you can yep. plug into your yep. fuse box, yep. and they're they're going to hit you if you go if you accelerate too fast. Yep, you, you can go into a, a myriad of that stuff. Uh, aside from the millennials or the Z generation or whatever, the whole thing is geared to make sure that you drive within uh, just the way our society. Their parameters, Mike. The parameters they set. Yes, 
<laughs> yep. Well, and, and I yeah. don't want to get off on a tangent, but folks, please hear me out when I say this. It's because there's a difference in philosophy from one side of yeah. the aisle to the other. One side of the aisle wants you to have freedom and do whatever you feel like you need to do within reason as long as you're not harming others. The other side wants to control every aspect of your life, and that's a great example of how, Mike. Absolutely correct. I was just about to say that. Second, your comments, in as I was driving along on hold, your comments to the, the uh, Steve's, comments about batteries and a, a 7 series BMW etc I've owned lots of hypo beamers lots of hypo uh, uh, Mercedes right. uh, uh, hot hot you know uh, 350 Shelby R's oh my god what a magnificent if if you've got to worry about the price when you're buying a 7 series of the battery you ought not to be buying it oh, I can't argue but that one I, I, I don't want to get into the politics. No, you're buying a hundred and twenty thousand uh, dollar car. Then yeah, that's probably not top of top of mind. Not at all. Now, on well, the same token, I, Mike, I, I I really quick, and you would know this as well as anyone. I also don't understand why those manufacturers do such exotic things, even when it comes to the battery. Is it just so they can then set themselves oh, apart one more time at that point in time when you go to replace those components? Yeah. No, I agree. I agree with your thought. You don't need that big battery in the Beamer. It's it's overkill, etc. Which which you are absolutely correct. I I didn't want to get into a, a controversial subject with Steve. I'm just saying when when you're buying something like that, guess what? That between the tires and everything else, it's all more expensive. Which leads me to the third thing, and the in the gentleman you just had on. Uh, you couldn't have been more correct. You can't. The problem with Toyota products is you get tired of them before they wear out. That's true. And the European, the year, you absolutely correct on the European stuff. I've watched them diminish in value. The ones I've owned, they're over-engineered. They're overpriced. And now that's not to say that they don't perform. Oh no 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 they're no they yeah thank you Mike for saying that no they are. They are top-notch in all of those areas, you're, but you're paying for that, and you need to realize that. You need to realize that, and you're going to take a hit on depreciation with them because of they are over-engineered. They do cost more to work on, They're, and when I say over-engineered, EGADs. It's stunning some of the stuff that, that is done that they do that really doesn't need to be done now. Are they magnificent driving machines and, and worth all of that? If you're into that, yes. If you're not, then, I mean, you've got a, what, an, an Audi R8? Uh, I did. I actually uh, I actually traded that car off last October. Well, you know you know what a magnificent... I upgraded, Mike. I, you can email me and I'll you tell you what I upgraded to. But I upgraded, actually, from that car. You got a vet. Uh, I actually got rid of that car as well. Oh, did you really? Okay, well... I took three uh, cars, anyway. and uh, I, what I did, and again, you can email me and I'll give you the answer. I went from three to one. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, we've and all... still upgraded, if that gives you any hint as to what I did. So I went three to one I, I and upgraded. I, I got it. I got it. We'll talk on email, <laughs> but, but you can't... And, and by I the mean, way, I am very, very 
fortunate to have been able to do the things I did with those other vehicles and make the kind of money I did on them to be able to do the deal I did in October. And I realize that not everybody uh, can do that. And I'm, yeah. I'm very, I feel very blessed to be able to do what I did, Mike. Believe me, I'm very thankful for John, that. John, you and uh, you were on the same page. I am blessed with what my career was to be able to to get the kind of cars that that I truly yeah. enjoy. There you and, go, and enjoy them and. And uh, I realize that that I am blessed in that sense. Yes. But I also, you know, like the last gentleman uh, that called in, what what should I get? Oh, my gosh, it doesn't get any better than Lexus. Uh, no, I mean, this LS I'm driving right now, Mike, I mean, great example. I'm, and I'll do a full-bore review, but I'll take this LS, and, you know, this LS does very well, performs very well. There's a couple little quirky things on this particular model I'm driving that I'm not particularly a fan of that I'll get into in the review. But if I look at that car sure. compared to a 7 Series BMW, which is essentially what it compares to, this car's $40,000 less, $40,000 yeah. less, and frankly, is just as luxurious and will do everything I want to do in that 7 Series, maybe not quite equal, but, you know, honestly, Mike, close enough for $40,000 savings. I agree. I couldn't agree with you more. I, I I absolutely agree. I love the Lexus LS Series. I love the ES Series. They're remarkable cars. Your gentleman called in and said, what about Acuras? They're, Honda's a great vehicle, but their Acuras Series, when you look up their reliability, is yeah, not, as not as good, good. as Lexus. No, and you know it's it's like Mike, and and just to throw this at everybody as well, I'm not against Infinity. I, I like a lot of the Infinity cars; they look good and so on. Sure. But again, sure. even though it's the high end Nissan, it's not as reliable, and it's not, in my opinion, as good a car as what the average Nissan is. So, am I an Infinity fan, especially on the used end of things? No, Mike, I'm not. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I. Boy, we are simpatico is the term, I think. <laughs> I think of the, the $40,000 difference. I, I can tell you the only difference is I think the 7 Series is more of a handling machine. It is. It is. No it, doubt about that. So yes, that, I would agree with that. The only, that's the only difference. The luxury, everything else is equal. Everything else is equal. If you've got a little bit of a lead foot in you, the seven is going to be a little more fun in the curvy Correct. stuff. Correct. But for forty grand more, forget it. I agree. You know, no, for forty rest. grand, go buy another hot performance car if you want and call it good. <laughs> right. That's right. Honestly. Thank you. Listen, great show. Thanks, Mike. Uh, intriguing subjects. Appreciate you. Appreciate you, Mike. Thank you very much. And uh, again, thank you all very much today. It's been a lot of fun. We're going to keep going, though. I got a lot more for you. In fact, producer Ann just asked me a question that I will answer when I come back. The pros and cons of buying from both a small cars sales lot versus the big dealership lots, even when it comes to the used car end of things. And yes, there are some differences. I'll get into that in a moment. Don't go anywhere. Lines are open 303-477-5600. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. No one likes to be that person. You know the one stuck on the side of the road, busted tire, making everyone slow down to get around them. With Legacy Automotive's new tire sales, you don't have to be that person ever. Here in our Colorado climate, you might be closer to needing new tires than you think. A bad set of tires can be dangerous and even life-threatening. Tires should be regularly examined for cracks, bulges and blisters, and other signs of wear and tear on your vehicle. 
The skilled team at Legacy Automotive in Boulder will be able to examine your current set of tires, let you know what they recommend based on what they find, and help you get on the road. Legacy Automotive is a Napa Gold Certified Auto Care Shop and employs ASC Certified Technicians. So don't be that guy and make an appointment at Legacy Automotive today at 303-396-0555 or visit them online at LegacyAutomotive.com. Legacy Automotive, locally grown auto repair. Most oil changes are the same. Old oil out, new filter, new oil in. It's a routine, a chore on the to-do list. What if your oil change wasn't the same as the rest? What if it was life-changing? BG. A BG oil change can change your life because it comes with free lifetime protection for your engine and fuel system, which means a lifetime of peace of mind for you. Find a shop near you at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. BG. Hunting down that hard-to-find part for an out-of-the-ordinary car can be quite a time-consuming chore. Unless, of course, you just go around the corner to your local Napa Auto Parts store, where we have over 310,000 parts, all of them made to fit and perform just like the original. Yeah, there are people who say it's the journey and not the destination, but those people have never tried to find an alternator for an 82 Fiat on a Saturday. Go to NapaOnline.com for the location nearest you. Napa, get the good stuff. Have you ever thought about owning a classic car, hot rod, older truck, or an out-of-the-norm vehicle? Worldwide Vintage Autos is the place to go for all your vintage car and truck needs. With over 80,000 square feet of indoor showroom and warehouse space, they make the shopping experience easy. Every vehicle they sell is checked out by their own staff and is verified as a roadworthy vehicle, and this includes consignment vehicles. When you buy a vehicle from Worldwide, it's a vehicle you can safely drive home. They sell over 1,200 vehicles a year, and most of their inventory comes from people like you and me. If you want to eliminate the hassle of selling your vintage or unique vehicle, give them a call today. By the way, sign up today for the VIP list. They'll give you updates on all their new inventory that the general public doesn't see yet, and it's at a discounted price. Worldwide Vintage Autos. Don't let the name fool you. They sell worldwide, but their showroom is right here in Denver. Find them today at WorldwideVintageAutos.com or call 877-378-4679 and make sure you tell them John Rush from Drive Radio sent you. All right, we are back, uh, kind of wrapping up the second hour of Drive Radio. we got another full hour coming your way. And again, uh, we've been talking a lot about just used cars, what to buy, how to buy. The question of the day is the worst car buying advice you've ever been given. And a lot of things, by the way, have changed in the car buying market with the simple fact that we just don't have the kind of inventory we once had. And I'll get into some of that here in a moment as well. But again, that's the question of the day. Lines are open, 303 477 Five six zero zero three zero three four seven seven five six zero zero. Again, producer Ann just asked a moment ago the pros and cons of a small used car lot versus the big dealerships. First of all, let me start here. Depending upon the price range that you're in, the New car dealer may not even have what you want used car-wise. Let me explain. Most new car dealers are going to carry cars that are very similar to a new car and most likely within a 
probably 10-year age difference. In fact, 10's probably old. In fact, as I look out here to the west and Larry and Charlie and I can look at, I don't know, we've got the Dodge dealer, the Honda dealer, Acura and so on, Infinity even. As I look at the used car lots, which, by the way, most of what you see on new car lots today are not new cars, they're used cars. Larry and I were talking about this even last week. And as we look out towards the west here, most of what's on these lots is probably five years of age, maybe a tad older. Larry can get the binoculars out and look down and prove to me otherwise. But I think most of these are probably around five years of age or so. So if you're looking for a slightly used Newer car, you're going to have to probably go to the bigger dealerships. Now, some used car lots will have some of those cars as well, and that's what I'll get into in a moment, even the last hour. Most of your smaller used car lots are going to specialize in cars older than that, getting into the fifteen dollars to $25,000 range of cars, for example. And a lot of the bigger dealerships won't have those cars. Now, I'm talking cars. Trucks, that's a whole other world I'll talk about in the last hour because that's completely different. We start talking about used trucks. But on the car side, that's kind of what you find on the used car lot side on the regular lots, smaller lots and so on, versus the bigger dealerships. So in some ways, it's more of what are you looking for and who's going to have what. I'll keep going on the pros and cons of each again, throughout this hour and next. But, John and Cheyenne, you are next. Go ahead. Hey, a couple of quick questions. Earlier you were talking about uh, the uh, people who don't accelerate because they're afraid they're going to save the planet. Correct. Are they driving the Subaru with the coexist sign and the green plates? And probably has a car top (laughs) carrier on it as well, yes. (laughs) I'm sorry. I just when He said that I started. No, you're you're probably right, John. (laughs) Yeah, that's the same guy that's doing 74 in the left lane because he's going to control the speed. He's the left lane police. That's right. Yeah. Gosh, don't you want to just get right up under him and make him loose? Uh, there's times where it, it, in, in some ways it's really unnerving, and some of those folks wonder why mm-hmm. they create some of the road rage they do. And I had one of these on my way home last night. I'm trying to get home <laughs> fairly quickly because you know had some things going on after the show and so on. And I was not driving in any kind of excess. I mean, going down 225 uh, anymore, if there's no traffic, if you're not driving 75 in the left lane, you're going to get run over. I know the speed limit's 65, but everybody will drive 10 over in the left lane. Sure enough, I come up on somebody. I got clear far enough around. I mean, I could see that they were doing about 65 in the left lane when I'm doing 75. So I go over to the middle lane. Traffic's wide open. I go to the middle lane. Plenty of room to pass him. Go back over into the left lane after passing him. And what do I get, John? The middle finger as I'm going around them. And I'm thinking, you're doing 65 in the left lane. That's on you, not me. Was it a Subaru? I can't remember what it was, but it, was, it wasn't anything fancy, let's just say that. Not that that matters. My whole point is, why are you flipping me off when you're doing 65 in the left lane? And there's no traffic, by the way. No, exactly. I got the, I got the bird the other day. Because this trucker was blocking the left lane for about four and a half miles because he could do 62 and the guy next to him could only do 60. That's another one I just can't handle, John. It's like, come on, guys. Somebody give up and get over. Yeah, but when I finally got around him, he flipped me off because I guess maybe because I flashed my lights at him. Like, hey, you're blocking the path. Get out of the way. Yeah. I know. I know. 
that in Colorado and Wyoming, it failed again. They were trying to limit trucks out of the left lane as much as they could, but it, you know the, the trucking lobby is too strong. Oh yeah, they're strong. They don't want that. that either. On the question of the day, somebody told me this a while back, and I asked them. I, I was just flabbergasted. He said, "If it's certified pre-owned, you don't have to have your mechanic inspect it." BS. Bad advice. Kind of not exactly. I agree with you. Well, and I said, why wouldn't you have your mechanic? Well, there's a warranty. I said, not always. Those warranties are not usually worth if it's an aftermarket one. The paper they're written on. Yep. Because they're going to find a reason not to honor it. Correct. Cases. If it's still got the factory warranty, that's usually like just on the drivetrain. You know, it's not going to be bumper to bumper unless the vehicle and you got to read the fine print on those because not all of those are transferable depends upon the manufacturer depends on the mileage and all sorts of things if you're under the original kind of three and 36 warranty well that's a whole different world and yes in that case it would be warrantied on all things bumper to bumper no matter whether you're the first or second owner it wouldn't make any difference but but now you're paying a much higher price for that john right so but when they tell you not to, have, you don't have to worry about an inspection because it's certified. Bad deal. advice. That Bad is, advice. If, and if somebody tell, if a dealer tells you that, or the salesman on the dealer's lot tells you that, you need to run. Agree. The other way, because that's a dealer that doesn't want is why wouldn't you? And you used to, why wouldn't you as a car dealer want a, a second opinion on the sale of precisely? A new car? You would precisely, if, if precisely. Had, yep. And, you know, especially like what producer Ann was talking about before I came on the line when you were saying, you know, the ten to $25,000 older cars, anybody who doesn't have that inspected by their mechanic yep. has, is, you know. You're just uh, asking for trouble, John, is what you're doing. You're really asking for trouble. Yeah. So tell you I, what, John, I got more to say on that. I'm going to put you on hold. We'll, we'll catch you back at the top of the hour as well, because i got a couple of things I want to add to that. Line's open, by the way, 303-477-5600. We'll be back here in a moment. Don't go anywhere. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Still haven't had enough? Go to drive-radio.com. Email your questions and comments. Download previous programs and find lots of useful information, including your nearest Colorado Select Auto Care Center. That's drive-radio.com. Thanks for listening to Drive Radio, sponsored by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers on KLZ 560.